You're listening to the 10X Your Agency podcast, where every Wednesday for the next 12 weeks, you'll be learning strategies on how to scale up your agency and grow your client base from successful agency owners who've been there, done it, and built a highly successful agency. You'll learn how they attract clients, what their biggest causes of client churn were, and what their challenges were at different stages of building their agency. My name is Marcus Taylor, and I'll be your host. Hey guys, welcome to episode four of the 10X Your Agency podcast. Today, we're joined by a very special guest, Eric Sue, who is the CEO of Single Grain, a really fascinating agency based in California, who specialize in helping SaaS companies and online education companies increase their growth through SEO and content marketing. Eric is also the founder of the Growth Everywhere podcast, which is one of my personal favorites. If you haven't checked out Growth Everywhere, I'd highly recommend doing so. So today, we're going to be talking to Eric about how to use content and podcasts to acquire clients for an agency, as well as a couple of kind of tactics around how to hire a great team. So Eric, it's a great pleasure having you here on the podcast. How's it going? Good, Marcus. How are you? Yeah, doing well, thank you. So before we jump in, I was just wondering, can you maybe share a little bit about what Single Grain is and perhaps, you know, how does Single Grain differ to to other agencies? Yeah, absolutely. So Single Grain, we're a digital marketing agency. Uh, Originally, we started in San Francisco down here in in Los Angeles now, and we mainly focus on the things that we're good at. So we're not going to say we're a full service digital marketing agency. Um, you know, we focus on paid advertising. So that could be Gmail ads, Facebook, YouTube ads, uh, and things like that. And then we also cover uh, search engine optimization. So, you know, we've, we've kind of specialized in working with a lot of different technology companies from the really big ones like Salesforce and a lot of, you know, uh, companies that have raised a series A and they're, you know, reached product market fit and they're ready to scale. Um, so, you know, we're really familiar with SaaS and then um, online education is my background. So we also work with a lot of uh, education companies as well. So our thing is we try to niche it down. You know, we only focus on what we're good on and we try to work with either, you know, software as a service kind of companies or education companies. Awesome. And why was the move from San Francisco, which is kind of the heart of the kind of tech world to Los Angeles? What, what kind of drove that move? Yeah, good question. So the I'm not the original founder of the company. I actually took the company over about three years ago. So, um, you know, I'm based in Los Angeles. I'm born and raised in Los Angeles. So I just moved it down here uh, just because it's easier that way. But what we did originally was we um, removed the San Francisco office and uh, we, you know, made the team remote because I had a background working um, as, you know, remotely when I was part of Treehouse, which is a online education school. Got it. Okay, cool. So my first question is, Having followed Single Grain and your work over the past couple of years, one thing that I've been really impressed and really inspired by is how you focused on creating content that seems to enable you to be everywhere at once. Like while most other agency owners out there are, you know, out in the field building up their pipeline or speaking at conferences to build their pipeline, I kind of get the feeling that you're rather than doing that, you're kind of playing the long game. You're you're building courses, you're building infographics, long form blog posts podcasts. And I was kind of wondering, can you maybe share some insight into why you're approaching acquisition in this way? Like what's going through your head while you're creating all of those pieces of content? Yeah. So, you know, first and foremost, I can say, uh, you know, I, I subscribe to the, the Neil Patel school of, of doing things. You know, he, he kind of he's a friend and, and he serves as a mentor figure as well. Um, so, you know, when I first started learning Internet marketing probably seven years ago, that's just how I started things out. And it just made sense to me. Right. You know, 
you look at a lot of the, uh, the venture back startups, you know, the VCs are pouring in money and they expect to see things happen quickly. They want to see traction quickly. So, you know, oftentimes the, the things you see in the headlines are how do we acquire users as quickly as possible? And that's, you know, through paid advertising, right? To me, you know, marketing is more holistic. You, you think about, okay, you're going to, the foundation of what you do, if you, you don't have a brand is you start building out content first and you're learning as you're going, but then you're teaching at the same time. So it kind of reinforces mm-hmm. what you're learning. So that's a benefit to me too. But then at the same time, you can also drive traffic to that content too and really start to uh, indoctrinate people. So I don't think, you know, you, you should think of marketing as uh, silos where it's just paid advertising. I think uh, when you start to build out content, you know, it is a 12 to 24 month journey. It is a grueling and you have to be very patient. But um, we used to play a lot of poker growing up and you learn to be patient and you learn to kind of roll with the punches. So to me, playing the long game, you know, deferred gratification is not only built into agency, but it's just based into, you know, how I, how I think of life in general. And is this something that is kind of like a, a strategic decision that you made a while ago in order to get a competitive advantage over other agencies? Or is it just the approach that you fell into when you were building up Single Grain? Yeah, I would say it's it's kind of both. So it is the approach that I kind of fell into. But at the same time, you know, you look at other agencies, you can take a look using tools like uh, SEMrush or Ahrefs to see what they're doing. And here's the thing. This is actually really interesting because a couple of weeks ago, I was looking at another agency. We work building over here just as like a satellite office. But I was looking and, you know, there are about 12 salespeople in one room. And, you know, I look at what we have and it's like, we don't need those salespeople, right? We, you know, they're out there prospecting all the time. Like, but the thing is, we have these leads coming in on autopilot. Um, it's just because we're putting out good content out there. And, you know, you doing podcasts like this, like people start to get to know who you are. Um, they start to get to know who you are as a person. And, you know, people like to work with people. I think if you're first starting out, absolutely, you need a prospect. But I think you're going to get to a certain point where um, if you're doing good content out there, you know, the clients are just going to start to come to you. That kind of leads me on to the next question, which is if you had to eliminate every acquisition channel, every marketing channel that Single Grain currently uses to generate leads, all but one, what would be the one tactical lead source that you'd keep or keep to kind of double down on? You know, we've been talking about content. So I, I, I would say it has to be content slash SEO. So those two kind of go hand in hand. What I will also say, you know, to add to this is that a lot of people talk about quote unquote content marketing, um, but it's getting harder and harder because you see a lot of marketers out there, they're already writing the long form content, right? So, you know, how do you continually stay ahead of the game? How do you stand out from the rest? So you can, you can look at um, sites like backlinko.com. He only has like 30-ish blog posts mm-hmm. and he's driving, you know, a hundred, couple hundred thousand or maybe a hundred thousand plus visits a month. And it's because his content stands out, you know, it's really well researched and it's not easy to duplicate. So, you know, we're kind of switching over to that model now where we're going to, you know, do a lot more research search post and i think that that's just what i'm going to continue to do because once you have that foundation going you're going to get drive organic traffic but then you can also layer on other marketing mediums later down the road so that would be a good a good way to go about it and content you know it doesn't have to just be blog posts you know we're doing this podcast right now you know the podcast has been great in terms of lead gen for us too if you had to pick between one of those two like if if we had to sort of go the single grain blog Mm -hmm. or the single grains podcasts which one out of those two do you think you would, if you had to only keep one of them? I'd say for today, it's probably going to be the blog, but who knows what's going to happen in the next couple of years. It might be the podcast because it's growing faster and it's scaling more. But for today, as of October 2016, I'm going to say the blog. Cool. Have you found anything interesting around the, the podcast? Because obviously, like not many agencies are really using podcasts 
as like a, a method for lead generation. So have you noticed like any any interesting insights around like the quality of leads or the type of leads that you get from that? Yeah, you know, I will say um, the quality of leads is, is much higher because anybody that's listening to this podcast right now, they're a different person. They're trying to learn. They're going out of their way, way to find this. Mm. You know, podcasts are still very much in the early days. You know, you look at your analytics. All you can look at is the number of downloads you're getting per month. So it's still very primitive. I'd say. So, you know, you're, you're getting kind of, I would say these are kind of the um, later stage early adopters, I'd say. So yeah, lead quality is much higher. They're ready to work with you because they know who you are. They're much easier to close. Also for us, the Growth Everywhere podcast wasn't intended to drive leads. Initially, it was just to, to give back. And that's the thing. Like when you start doing a podcast, you start building an audience, you find that maybe it's, it's good to defer kind of trying to monetize it for a while um, until you build that audience up. And, you know, two, three years later, you know, we finally start adding a mid roll, uh, which is like an advertisement in the middle of the podcast, just, you know, directing people back to single grain. And it's a very light message. And, you know, that's been working pretty decently. Awesome. Cool. So when you joined uh, single grain, you said it was about three years ago that you took the reins of the company. Where was kind of single grain at when you joined the company? So when I joined, it was, um, you know, I, I really never intended to come back into the agency game. It was a sinking ship. And I thought it would be an interesting challenge to go from, you know, being on a successful technology startup to helping a sinking ship to see if I could really turn it around. You know, we were basically an SEO company in the past. And what we were doing before I came on was no longer working in terms of bringing results for clients. So, you know, at that time, you know, that that's when the Google uh, Penguin and Panda updates came out. And, you know, a lot of agencies were starting to fold. It was kind of a disaster time for us. So what's like been one big strategic change that you've made at Single Grain that's had a, a huge difference for the company? You know, I, I think it has to be hiring. That's the one thing you never want to compromise on. So I would say... That also translates to, you know, when you come into a sinking ship, you know, you, you're going to have to make the tough decisions to let people go. It's all about what the team looks like. So hiring and also making sure that you retain the great talent and keep people happy. That's the most important thing. Otherwise, you're not going to be able to grow as an agency and you might as well you know stay as a solopreneur. But hiring is the hardest thing because you need to be very empathetic. You need to understand what you're, you know, this is the stuff people don't like talking about. But, you know, what, what are your core values, right? Does this person align? Do I want to hang out with this person later? Would my team like to hang out with this person at a barbecue? A lot of these questions that are seem like they're, they're boring and, you know, they're unneeded and, you know, they don't apply to you. But um, yeah, they actually do. And so what's been one of the biggest challenges around hiring that you've kind of had to go through or biggest mistake, perhaps, with hiring at Single Grain? I'll give you one mistake. I mean, we lost close to seven figures on one bad hire. And, wow. you know, this person yelled at clients. We lost four clients. And this person also caused two people to quit and was just dipped morale. But and my thing was I didn't do enough due diligence. This person was highly touted by somebody that I respected. We didn't dig deep enough. We didn't do enough reference checks. We didn't. And we did run this person through a test. You know, I always recommend running people through a test. But we kind of ignored the red flags. You know, we thought this person would be great. But, you know, at the end of the day, I would say the biggest mistake was not doing enough due diligence and not seeing if this person was a cultural fit because at the time we didn't define what our core values were or you know what we really wanted in in, in an individual so that's what happened you know it was just not a fit and at the end of the day i'm not going to blame this person it's ultimately on me any type of hiring mistake it all leads back to you know the leader of the company at the end of the day no matter what it is and so what's the what's kind of single grains hiring process look like now? We go through a lot of referrals. I'll say kind of the biggest thing for us is using AngelList. That's another one of those things, right, where if you're looking at AngelList, you're looking at sites to invest in or um, businesses to learn about. AngelList is great for that. Typically, it's for angel investing, right? But they actually have a recruiting section that you can use for free and you can manage uh, your job postings there. So I like I love AngelList and you know, I like using um, also 
depending on what I'm looking for, if I'm looking for writers, I'm going to use the pro blogger blog. Um, and I also ask for a lot of references and, you know, we use good old LinkedIn, um, as well. And we also, you know, we'll, we'll reach out to people directly and that that's proven to work pretty well. Got it. And then once they come in, it's testing and then references after that. Yeah, the testing is probably the, the biggest thing. A lot of people interview well, but once they you, you find them going to test, you know, how well do they communicate with the team? Are they, how thorough are they? You know, things like that. You, you'll, you'll see pretty much, you know, in the first week or so. Yeah. So do you do like a kind of paid couple of days where they just kind of integrate into your team as like a trial period or how does that trial part of the process work? Well, what they'll do is they'll talk to people through Skype and sometimes it'll just be like, you know, Skype chat, you know, there's no audio or, or like uh, video. And after that, if they get through to the next phase, then, um, you know, they'll pay them uh, hourly. They'll have to track their time. And, you know, it's generally around $25 an hour. So for us, you know, depending on the role, it could be $15 an hour to $25 an hour. But our tests, you know, they might run for a couple of days or, you know, a week or so. Um, and then we'll, you know, evaluate from there. Before we go on, if you're looking to grow your client base and capture more leads for your agency, then I'd recommend checking out Leadformly. Leadformly is a lead generation tool run by yours truly that enables you to upgrade the forms on your website to conversion optimized forms that are going to increase your conversion rate and help you capture more qualified leads from your website. Using Leadformly, we've seen agencies capture up to 700% more leads. So if you're interested in giving it a try, we have a 14-day free trial that you can check out at leadformly.com. That's L-E-A-D-F-O-R-M-L-Y.com. Once again, that's at leadformly.com. So from listening to your podcast recently, you've just released a like a Udemy course on on hiring or what what kind of is that right? So we we have a couple of things. We have a couple of courses that that we've done. Um we have a course on hiring just because like if you literally search for how to hire, like you're not going to get anything. So you know you're going to get like a 500 word article from monster.com, but yeah, we have a hiring course. I actually have a content marketing course on Skillshare. I think you you can access that for free or pay 99 cents or something like that. And then we, we also have a, a summit that we did. You know, these are all, you know, evergreen presentations with some of the great marketers and, and salespeople around. We generally do a lot of stuff like that just because we create so much content and we try to package it together. Got it. So like these courses on hiring and these different kind of Skillshare things that you're putting together, what's like the motivation behind it? Why are you putting these together? Is it is it lead generation or? Yeah. So the hiring course, that was just kind of scratching my own itch. And, you know, because I've been in education, you know, we wanted to see if we can launch a product around it. Mm. So that was, you know, just to kind of get our feet wet. It's great now because we still use it internally to, to send the people to go through. Um, and then also the Skillshare course, that's when Skillshare reached out directly to me. They said they fly over and, and shoot at my place. So, you know, decided to do that. And it's, it's been great. You know, it's there's something to be said about what one of my friends, Heaton Shah, says, you know, hiring or not hiring. Uh, he says, when you help people, it's like a drug. And it truly is. Right. So mm. with the Skillshare course, you know, I, I think over 4000 students have taken it. And, you know, there hasn't been one negative review. I think it's been the average score is 100 percent. So it's just good to be able to see the help look at the comments and help that many people. And, yeah, it's been good. You know, it's not intended to make money or anything like that. It's just to be out there. And then also, you know, I can share it with people on my team that are just joining, you know, it could be new people just to educate them on content marketing. Mm. No, I think it's such a good thing to to have. And as you say, it's one of those things where, you know, people just don't want to talk about this stuff. And frankly, from my position, every business has these challenges, us included, and there's no kind of obvious place to look for a solution. So I think it's really great what you're doing, putting these courses together to really kind of tackle these very uncomfortable issues that a lot of businesses have. So I think that's really good. We'll, we'll include a link to the, the course 
Is it just on Skillshare or? Yeah, so this, the Skillshare course is called Content Marketing Blogging for Growth. And then um, if you want access to the hiring course, we actually package all of our courses together now with like, you know, all of our agency processes. Uh, also, you know, the, the summit that I talked about. So that's called, um, you know, I can give you a link to that afterwards. That's called the Growth Vault. Awesome. No, that sounds very good. Is that in Los Angeles as well? Uh, yeah, I mean, that's, you know, that lives under the single grain umbrella. Cool. Well, Eric, I've got a couple of kind of quick fire questions that I want to go through at the end. But before we jump into that, what's the biggest kind of challenge that you're facing at the moment with the agency? I think the biggest thing is we're growing right now. So we're, we're trying to get more, we're trying to bring in more talent, but we're trying to be selective. So, you know, people are, you know, some people are a little overextended right now and I'm trying to, my job is to relieve them. So, you know, as it grows, you know, it's, you know, the attention is really on, on well, it should always be on hiring and, and retaining great talent. So, that's my focus right now. But at the same time, it's also saying no to a lot of different opportunities, you know, as you get bigger and bigger and, you know, having so much content out there, a lot of people reach out and say, Hey, like, you know, here's a great opportunity. So it's, it's about saying no more and just focusing on, on, you know, building a great team. How many people are you currently at at Single Grind? Yep. We have about 20. 20. Okay. So have you noticed like any, I think a lot of people say like, usually it's when you get to go from like 10 to 15 or 15 to 20 you kind of see these like huge changes in the dynamics of the team. Have you seen anything like that? You know, not so much for me. I think um, generally what I hear is when you switch to, I don't know, when you go to like 50 or so, things really start to change. Um, I haven't really experienced any changes on my front. Cool. Okay. So yeah, 20 people and it still kind of feels the same. How many people were, were there kind of when you joined three years ago? Uh, about the same. I would say probably 15, 16 or so. Cool. Okay, Eric. So my first quick fire question for you is number one book recommendation. Number one book recommendation. There's so many. I would say um, it has to be, I would say The Billionaire Who Wasn't. I think it's going to add a lot of perspective. Mm, I've not read that, but I've heard it's amazing. It's life changing. I think um, Rand Fishkin actually That's him. always talks about that one. Going to have to uh, get that ordered. Favorite tool right now? Favorite tool right now has to be, I'm just looking through my bar right now. Um, <laughs> I'd say it's Dropler because Dropler just makes it easier for me to take screenshots, annotate them, and it you know goes to my clipboard immediately. So just speeds up the process. Nice. Is that similar to the Evernote Sketch? Uh, probably. You know, if Evernote Sketch is intended to annotate stuff, I guess it would be similar. Cool. And that's just a Chrome plugin. It actually sits in your toolbar, so it's actually an app. Ah, okay. So what's one piece of advice that you would give to an agency owner who's looking to go from six figures annually to seven figures? Yeah. Well, that's a good question. So I, I think a lot of it would be a lot of, you know, processes and documentation, documenting everything that you do, because when you document, you're able to scale faster and you don't have to keep repeating the same thing over and over. Mm. Um, oftentimes when you're going from six to six to seven figures, it's really about it's hiring more people. And if you're going to try to plug people in, it's going to move a lot faster because sometimes people aren't, aren't the right fit. And if you have to retrain, you're going to waste a lot of time and money as well. And time is a luxury that you, you just don't get back. Yeah. Is there any kind of specific process that you remember kind of implementing that, that made a really big difference for single grain? Yeah. So for us, you know, I, I would say putting all of our, so this is a process for the processes, you know, <laughs> putting everything into Google Drive for everyone to access. So, you know, literally organizing the folder saying, okay, these are the team resources and we put all of our educational screencasts in there. Um, and then we have a, a client folder template. So, you know, when we onboard a new client, we just literally will duplicate that folder. Got it. It's almost one of those things where you, you sort of think like it, it should just happen organically, you know, file storage should sort of just be done. But you're right, you know, when you start to get 20 people and people don't know where to store files, it can quickly become quite messy. Totally. Nice. What has been your biggest cause of client churn, particularly perhaps in the early days when you were growing? You know, I have to say uh, not giving the clients enough attention and also 
I would say this is this is my fault because when I came on, it was intended to fix a lot of processes, so I wasn't really involved in the client accounts. But really checking in with the clients to see what their sentiments are, how they're feeling, what else they need help with. So I would say the, the biggest mistake we made was not providing enough check-ins and not providing enough ideas. You know, the accounts kind of went on autopilot, and that's why you know the clients were leaving. Now, you know, with clients, we're always coming up with new ideas all the time. We're always asking what else we can do, any other introductions we can make. We're truly becoming a partner instead of just a vendor. Got it. And are you using like, have you systemized that approach of checking with clients? Do you have any kind of like processes around that? Or what's your take? Are you kind of gut feel and look after the client in a, in a very case by case way or more kind of process based? Yeah, so it's really, um, we'll have calls with them on a biweekly basis. But then for each account, like I'll strategize, um, we'll get in a meeting with, uh, you know, the account managers each week, and we'll talk about, okay, we'll look at each client's metrics, you know, they'll have very specific KPIs they're trying to hit. And we'll look at the numbers, like, why are they going up? Why are they going down? And then we'll have a discussion around it, like, okay, here's what we can be doing. Or, you know, um, the account managers can be like, okay, here's where we're stuck. Here's where we need help. And we'll just brainstorm. Because oftentimes what we did in the past was it just went into a black hole. And then, you know, if people struggled, they just kind of kept it to themselves. But now it's just out there. We put it out there. We, we give feedback to each other. And it just makes things a lot easier. And you can tell, you can see when, you know, people are lighting up, when they're getting new ideas. And, mm. um, you know, when they see the, the, the results, you know, it's a, it's a good feeling. Got it. So before I go to my last question, how do you spend your time? Like uh, as the CEO, you know, you're, you're doing so many of these different things. You've got the the Growth Everywhere website, two different podcasts, the one with Neil Patel as well, the marketing school. Yeah, I mean, there's, <laughs> there's, uh, I counted the other day, I'm probably working on nine different things right now, but I always say to people, the only reason I have this amount of time is because I'm not committed to anybody right now and I don't have children yet. So I'm <laughs> fortunate enough to be able to do that, but it's probably going to have to taper down. But to answer your question in terms of, how I allocate my time. What I found was that you know when I start getting on like the sales calls with these uh, potential clients, you know my conversion rate is anywhere from fifty to eighty-eight percent. That's when the proposal is out. So I'm, right now it just makes sense for me to close. You know we do have people qualifying, so sales is part of it. Hiring is a big piece of it, and then also retaining and making sure people are happy. That's the other part. And then also, I mean, my main thing, if I could just do this, like I'd be happy. If I could just do marketing, like I just do that. But a lot of it is you know the marketing, the content creation portion of it, right? Right now, whether it's doing stuff like this, creating podcasts, blog posts, or speaking at events. Awesome. So my last question for you, Eric, is what is next for Single Grain? Yeah, great question. So the way I look at Single Grain, I told you, um, you know, I wasn't really looking to get back into the agency game. Um, and the reason for that is because I think, um, you know, agency is great, but I, I, I'm just more interested in how technology can change the world. So, you know, the way we look at it is it's an incubator to, you know, the projects that we have going on. Uh, for example, I have a gun blog right now that, um, you know, I'm not even into guns. And I know it's a hotly debated topic, but, um, you know, we have a gun blog and it's growing rapidly. You know, it's getting six figures traffic a month. So, you know, we're building projects like this where we think we can take the single grain business model of content and really apply it to all these other ones and just grow businesses that we think can operate efficiently and have fun while we do it. Because right now, like some people on my L.A. team, you know, we have one guy in Japan right now, just went to Japan last week. My partner's in Vietnam right now, one of our writers in Vietnam right now. So, you know, we're, we're all about having fun and, you know, keeping things light um, and not, not putting a lot of pressure on people. Because when you do, it's like, why even exist if you're going to stress out about it all the time? Awesome. Now, that sounds very amazing, Eric. Sounds like an amazing company that you've got and some really great stuff that you're doing. Thanks. It's been a huge pleasure having you on the show and really, really insightful. So thanks for sharing all this with us. If people want to learn a bit more about you, a little bit more about particularly the, the various courses that you have, 
what are the best places for people to find out a little bit more about that? We'll obviously include it on in the show notes, but where should we send people? Yeah, absolutely. So just go to growtheverywhere.com. That's the podcast. That's where all the courses are available. And then um, if you want, also go to singlegrain.com. You know, there's a podcast section with Marketing School. That's with Neil Patel. That's our daily podcast. We have a lot of decent blog content around there. And, you know, you could just look at our blog and copy that model. It'll, it'll probably end up working out for you in terms of you know driving more organic traffic. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Eric. And we'll see you soon. Thanks, Marcus. Thanks for listening to this episode of the 10X Your Agency podcast. If you're interested in acquiring more leads for your business, I'd like to invite you to a free webinar that I'll be hosting on how to acquire 300% more leads from your website without increasing your traffic. In this webinar, I'll be sharing how you can turn your website into a lead generation machine, four strategies on how you can boost your form submissions by 300% and much more. So if you're interested, all you need to do is go to Google, type in lead formally, acquire more leads. That's lead formally spelled L-E-A-D-F-O-R-M-L-Y, acquire more leads. And the landing page to register for the webinar should appear at the top. As I said, it's completely free and we run this webinar every single week. So once again, thanks for listening to this week's episode and stay tuned for next week's episode of the 10 Agency Podcast. 